Hello, and welcome to The Idiot Book Nook, episode 17 of the podcast, and I believe episode 67 or so for the YouTube channel. That may depend on where we are in our release schedule. My name is Blazewing, my pronouns are she, her, and they, them. I am the Reading Dragon, and my pronouns are she, her. My name is Lady Punnett, and my pronouns are she, her, and sometimes they, them. We have a disclaimer that we give out at the beginning of every episode here. So, without further ado, we here at the Idiot Book Nook do not support the actions, views, or opinions of J.K. Rowling. We are simply Harry Potter fans who grew up with the books during important times in our lives. For us, Hogwarts is and will most likely continue to be home. We do not condone the racist, transphobic, and anti-Semitic imagery that is depicted within these uh, the pages of these books. It should also be noted that this podcast does include spoilers, so if you haven't yet re read the books, you may want to consider revisiting us when you have had a chance to catch up, unless you don't care about spoilers, in which case, welcome to the shit show. Now that disclaimer is pretty much reserved for the Harry Potter series. Yes. Um, during our other books, we we may not have to have that disclaimer unless we discover information along the way. Like, We want to do our due diligence here, so. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and pop some links into our Twitch chat here, and uh, if you would like to reach us on our socials, you can reach Lady Punnett on TikTok at paulina.avalon. We still have to set you up a link tree. Yep. You can reach me on Linktree at linktr.ee slash blazewing2010. You can reach The Reading Dragon on Linktree at linktr.ee slash dragon. If you would like... Hi, Nacho. If you would like to take a look at our podcast feed or you would like to leave us audio messages, you are welcome to do so at anchor.fm slash idiot dash book dash nook and we could potentially look into doing something along the lines of a listener or viewer feedback episode kind of like a mailbag and if you would like Please. to take a look at our website you can do so at idiotbooknook.wordpress.com also real quick uh because we're also live streaming on twitch paulina is nacho as big as nugget now no Nacho is still here. Okay, here's the thing. I will hold up Nacho for our Twitch streamers. Just this once, even though some people haven't paid. This is Nacho. Okay. As you can I... see, he is, he's a fairly large kitten. Yeah, because he's Mancoon. He's half the size of Nugget. Okay, because I could have sworn when Nugget was on a little bit ago and then seeing nacho i could have sworn they're like roughly the same size now no nacho is still half the size of nugget okay and nacho is also only like six months old i know but they grow up so quickly i know but they don't grow fully they aren't fully grown until they're a little over a year old he still has six months of growth left so i'd like to take a moment here and just say hello sir glenn hi morning or afternoon it's afternoon yeah because you're you... on the east coast Stop biting so i think we should get on with chapter 17 this will be our final chapter for this book and then we have some housekeeping to do at the end of the episode to let you guys know what's coming up so narrator without further ado let's get on with chapter 17 please harry potter and the Philosopher's or the Sorcerer's Stone. Narrated by the Reading Dragon. Voice acted by Blazewing2010 and Lady Punnett. 
Chapter 17 The Man with Two Faces It was Quirrell. You! gasped Harry. Quirrell smiled. His face wasn't twitching at all. Me, he said calmly. I wondered when I'd be meeting you here, Potter. But I thought Snape... Severus? Quirrell laughed, and it wasn't his usual quivering trouble, either, but cold and sharp. Yes, Severus does seem the type, doesn't he? So useful to have him swooping around like an overgrown bat. Next to him, who would suspect poor stuttering Professor Quirrell? Harry couldn't take it in. This couldn't be true. It couldn't. But Snape tried to kill me. No, no, no. I tried to kill you. Your friend, Miss Granger, accidentally knocked me over as she rushed to set fire to Snape at that Quidditch match. She broke my eye contact with you another few seconds, and I'd have got you off that broom. I'd have managed it before then, if Snape hadn't been muttering a countercurse trying to save you. Snape was trying to save me? Of course, said Quirrell coolly. Why do you think he wanted to referee your next, your next match? He was trying to make sure I didn't do it again. Funny, really. He needn't have bothered. I couldn't do anything with Dumbledore watching. All the other teachers thought Snape was trying to stop Gryffindor winning. And he did make himself unpopular. And what a waste of time. When, after all that, I'm going to kill you tonight. Quirrell snapped his fingers. Ropes sprang out of thin air and wrapped themselves tightly around Harry. You're too nosy to live, Potter. Scurrying around the school at Halloween like that. For all I knew, you'd seen me coming to look at what was guarding the stone. You let the troll in? Certainly. I have a special gift with trolls. You must have seen what I did with the one back in the chamber there. Unfortunately, while everyone else was running around looking for it, Snape, who already suspected me, went straight to the third floor to head me off. And not only did my troll fail to beat you to death, that three-headed dog didn't even manage to bite Snape's leg off properly. Now wait quietly, Potter. I need to examine this interesting mirror. It was only then that Harry realized what was standing behind Quirrell. It was the mirror of Irised. This mirror is the key to finding the stone, Quirrell, Quirrell murmured, tapping his way around the frame. One second. Hair is bugging me. Sorry. Trust Dumbledore to come up with something like this, but he's in London. I'll be far away by the time he gets back. All Harry could think of doing was to keep Quirrell talking and stop him from concentrating on the mirror. I saw you and Snape in the forest. He blurted out. Yes, said Quirrell idly, walking around the mirror to look at the back. He was on to me by that time, trying to figure out how far I'd got. He suspected me all along, tried to frighten me as though he could, 
when I had Lord Voldemort on my side. Quirrell came back out from behind the mirror and stared hungrily into it. I see the stone. I'm presenting it to my master, but where is it? Harry struggled against the ropes binding him, but they didn't give. He had to keep Quirrell from giving his whole attention to the mirror. But Snape seemed to always hate me so much. <clears throat> oh, he does, said Quirrell casually. Heavens, yes. He was at Hogwarts with your father, didn't you know? They loathed each other, but he never wanted you dead. But I heard you a few days ago sobbing. I thought Snape was threatening you. For the first time, a spasm of fear flitted across Quarrel's face. Sometimes, he said, I find it hard to follow my master's instructions. He is a great wizard, and I am weak. You mean he was there in the classroom with you? Harry gasped. He is with me wherever I go said Quarrel quietly. I met him when I traveled around the world. A foolish young man I was then, full of ridiculous ideas about good and evil. Lord Voldemort showed me how wrong I was. There is no good e good and uh, there is no good and evil. There is only power, and those too weak to seek it. Since then I have served him faithfully, although I have let him down many times. He has had to be very hard on me. Quarrel shivered suddenly. He does not forgive mistakes easily. When I failed to steal the stone from Gringotts, he was most displeased. He punished me, decided he would have to keep a closer watch on me. Quarrel's voice trailed away. Harry was remembering his trip to Diagon Alley. How could he have been so stupid? He's seen, he'd seen Quarrel there that very day, shaking hands with him in the Leaky Cauldron. Quarrel cursed under his breath. I don't understand. Is the stone inside the mirror? Should I break it? Harry's mind was racing. That seems like a like a somebody speaking. A thought. Uh, okay. What I want more than anything else in the world at the moment. He thought. Uh, oh, sorry. What I want more than anything else in the world at the moment. He thought is to find the stone before Quirrell does, so if I look in the mirror, I should see myself finding it, which means I'll see where it's hidden. But how can I look without Quirrell realizing what I'm up to? He tried to edge to the left, to get in front of the glass without Quirrell noticing. But the ropes around his ankles were too tight. He tripped and fell over. Quirrell ignored him. He was still talking to himself. What does this mirror do? How does it work? Help me, master! And to Harry's horror, a voice answered. And the voice seemed to come from Quirrell himself. Use the boy! Use the boy! Quirrell rounded on Harry. Yes, Potter. Come here. He clapped his hands once, and the ropes binding Harry fell off. Harry got slowly to his feet. Come here! Quirrell repeated. Look in the mirror and tell me what you see. Harry walked toward him. I must lie. He thought desperately. I must look and lie about what I see, that's all. 
Quarrel moved close behind him. Harry breathed in the funny smell that seemed to come from Quarrel's turban. He closed his eyes, stepped in front of the mirror, and opened them again. He saw his reflection, pale and scared looking at first, but a moment later, the reflection smiled at him. It put its hand into its pocket and pulled out a blood-red stone. It winked and put the stone back in its pocket, and as it did so, Harry felt something heavy drop into his real pocket. Somehow, incredibly, he'd gotten the stone. Well? Said Quarrel impatiently. What do you see? Harry screwed up his courage. I see myself shaking hands with Dumbledore. He invented. I, I won the House Cup for Gryffindor. Quarrel cursed again. Get out of the way! He said, as Harry moved aside, he felt the Sorcerer's Stone against his leg. Dare he make a break for it? But he hadn't walked five paces before a high voice spoke, through Quirrell, uh, though Quirrell wasn't moving his lips. He lies! He lies! Potter, come back here! Quirrell shouted. Tell me the truth! What did you just see? The high voice spoke again. Let me speak to him face to face. Master, you are not strong enough. I have the strength enough for this. Harry felt as if Devil's Snare was rooting him to the spot. He couldn't move a muscle. Petrified, he watched as Quirrell reached up and began to unwrap his turban. What was going on? The turban fell away. Quirrell's head looked strangely small without it. Then he turned slowly on the spot. Harry would have screamed, but he couldn't make a sound. Where there should have been a back to, Quir to Quirrell's head, there was a face. The most terrible face Harry had ever seen. It was chalk white, with glaring red eyes and slits for nostrils, like a snake. Harry Potter, it whispered. Harry tried to take a step backward, but his legs wouldn't move. See what I've become, the face said. Mere shadow and vapor. I have form only when I can share another's body. But there have always been those willing to let me into their hearts and minds. Unicorn blood has strengthened me these past weeks. You saw faithful Quirrell drinking it for me in the forest. And once I have the elixir of life, I will be able to create a body of my own. Now, why don't you give me that stone in your pocket? So he knew. The feeling suddenly ur surged back into Harry's legs. He stumbled backward. Don't be a fool, snarled the face. Better save your own life and join me. I am made the same end as your parents. They died begging me for mercy. Liar! Harry shouted suddenly. Quirrell was walking backward at him so that Voldemort could still see him. The evil face was now smiling. How touching. It hissed. I always value bravery, 
Yes, boy, your parents were brave. I killed your father first, and he put up a courageous fight. But your mother needn't have died. She was trying to protect you. Now give me the stone unless you want her to have died in vain. Never! Harry sprang toward the flame door, but Voldemort screamed, Seize him! And the next second, Harry felt Quarrel's hand close on his close on his wrist. At once, a needle-sharp pain seared across Harry's scar. His head felt as though it was about to split in two. He yelled, struggling with all his might, and to his surprise, Quirrell let go of him. The pain in his head lessened. He looked around wildly to see where Quirrell had gone, and saw him hunched in pain, looking at his fingers. They were blistering before his eyes. Seize him! Seize him! shrieked Voldemort again, and Quirrell lunged, knocking Harry clean off of his feet, landing on top of him, both hands around Harry's neck. Harry's scar was almost blinding him with pain, yet he could see Quirrell howling in agony. Master, I cannot hold him! My hands! My hands! And Quirrell, though pinning Harry to the ground with his knees, let go of his neck and stared, bewildered, at his own palms. Harry could see they looked burned, raw, red, and shiny. Then kill him, you fool, and be done! Screeched Voldemort. Quirrell raised his hand to perform a deadly curse, but Harry, by instinct, reached up and grabbed Quirrell's face. Ah! Quirrell rolled off of him, his face blistering too, and then Harry knew. Quirrell couldn't touch his bare skin, not without suffering terrible pain. His only chance was to keep hold of Quirrell, keep him in enough pain to stop him from doing a curse. Harry jumped to his feet, caught Quirrell by the arm, and hung on as tight as he could. Quirrell screamed and tried to throw Harry off. The pain in Harry's head was building. He couldn't see. He could only hear Quirrell's terrible shrieks and Voldemort's yells of, Kill him! Kill him! And other voices, maybe in Harry's own head, crying, Harry! Harry! He felt Quarrel's arm wrenched from his grasp, knew all was lost, and fell into blackness. Down, down, down. Something gold was glinting just above him. The snitch. He tried to catch it, but his arms were too heavy. He blinked. It wasn't the snitch at all. It was a pair of glasses. How strange. He blinked again. The smiling face of Albus Dumbledore swam into view above him. Good afternoon, Harry, said Dumbledore. Harry stared at him. Then he remembered. Sir, the stone. It was Quirrell. He's got the stone. Sir, quick! Calm yourself, dear boy. You are a little behind the times. A Dumbledore. Quirrell does not have the stone. Then who does? Sir, I... Harry, please relax, or Madame Pomfrey will have me thrown out. Harry swallowed and looked around him. 
he realized he must be in the hospital wing. He was lying in a bed with white linen sheets, and next to him was a table piled high with what looked like half the candy shop. Tokens from your friends and admirers, said Dumbledore, beaming. What happened down in the dungeons is between you and Professor Quirrell. What happened down in the dungeons between you and Professor Quirrell is a complete secret. So, naturally, the whole school knows. <laughs> I believe your friends, Mr. Fred and George Weasley, were responsible for trying to send you a lavatory seat. No doubt they thought it would amuse you. Madame Pomfrey, however, felt it might not be very hygienic and confiscated it. How long have I been in here? Three days. Mr. Ronald Weasley and Miss Granger will be most relieved you have come around. They have been extremely worried. But, sir, the stone. So you are not to be distracted. Very well, the stone. Professor Quirrell did not manage to take it from you. I arrived in time to prevent that. Although you were doing very well on your own, I must say. You got there? You got Hermione's owl? We must have crossed midair. No sooner had I reached London than it became clear to me the place I should be was the one I had just left. I arrived just in time to pull Quirrell off of you. It was you? I feared I missed it. Oh. Everything okay? Ah. I feared I might be too late. You nearly were. I couldn't have kept him off the stone much longer. Not the stone, boy. You. The effort involved nearly killed you. For one terrible moment there, I was afraid that it had. As for the stone, it has been destroyed. Destroyed? Said Harry, blankly. But, but your friend, Nicholas Flamel. Oh, you know about Nicholas. Said Dumbledore, sounding quite delighted. He did do the thing properly, didn't you? Well, Nicholas and I have had a little chat and agreed that it's all for the best. But that means he and his wife will die, won't they? They have enough lexus stored to set their affairs in order, and then, yes, they will die. Dumbledore, Dumbledore smiled at the look of amazement on Harry's face. To one as young as you, I'm sure it seems incredible. But to Nicholas and Purnell, it's really like going to bed after a very long day. After all, to the well-organized mind, death is but the next great adventure. You know, the stone was really not such a wonderful thing. As much money and life as you could want. The two things most human beings would choose above all. The trouble is... Humans do have a knack of choosing precisely those things which are worst for them. Harry lay there, lost for words. Dumbledore hummed a little and smiled at the ceiling. Sir? Said Harry. I've been thinking. Sir, even if the stone's gone, Vol- I mean, you know who- Call him Voldemort, Harry. 
always use the proper name for things. Fear of a name increases fear of the thing itself. Yes, sir. Well, Voldemort, he's going to try other ways of coming back, isn't he? I mean, he hasn't gone, has he? No, Harry, he is not. He's still out there somewhere, perhaps looking for another body to share. Not truly being alive, he cannot be killed. He left Quirrell to die. He shows just as little mercy for his followers as he does for his enemies. Nevertheless, Harry, while you may have only delayed his return to power, it will merely take someone else who is prepared to fight what seems like a losing battle next time, and if he is delayed again and again, why well, he may never return to power. <laughs> Harry nodded. <clears throat> Harry nodded, but stopped quickly, because it made his head hurt. Then he said, Sir, there are some other things I'd like to know, if you can tell me. Things I want to know the truth about. The truth, Dumbledore sighed, is a beautiful and terrible thing, and should therefore be treated with great caution. However, I shall answer your questions unless I have a very good reason not to, in which case I beg you'll forgive me. I shall not, of course, lie. Bullshit! <laughs> well... Voldemort said that the he only killed my mother because he tried to stop kill he, because she tried to stop him killing me. But why would he want to kill me in the first place? Dumbledore sighed very deeply this time. Alas, the first thing you ask me, I cannot tell you. Not today, not now. You will know one day. Put it from your mind for now, Harry. When you are older, I know you hate to hear this. When you are ready, you will know. And Harry knew it would be no good to argue. But why couldn't Quirrell touch me? Your mother died to save you. There's one thing Voldemort cannot understand. It is love. He didn't realize that love, as powerful as your mother's for you, leaves its own mark. Not a scar, no visible sign, to have been, to have been loved so deeply, even though the person who loved us is gone will give us some protection forever. It is in your very skin. Quirrell, full of hatred, greed, and ambition, sharing his soul with Voldemort, could not touch you for this reason. It was agony to touch a person marked by something so good. Dumbledore now became very interested in a bird out... Dumbledore now became very interested in a bird out on the windowsill which gave Harry time to dry his eyes on his sh on the sheet. When he had found his voice again, Harry said, And the invisibility cloak? Do you know who sent it to me? Ah, your father happened to leave it in my possession. Bullshit. I thought I might, I thought you might like it. Dumbledore's eyes twinkled. Useful things. Your father used it mainly for sneaking off to the kitchens to steal food when he was here. And there's something else. Fire away. Quirrell and Snape. Professor Snape. Harry? Yes, him. Quirrell said he hates me because he hated my father. Is that true? Well, they did rather detest each other. Not unlike you and Mr. Malfoy. And then your father did something Snape could never forgive. What? He saved his life. What? Yes. 
said Dumbledore dreamily. Funny the way people's minds work, isn't it? Professor Snape couldn't bear being in your father's debt. I do believe he worked hard, so hard to protect you this year because he felt that would make him and your father quits. Then he could go back to hating your father's memory in peace. Harry tried to understand this, but it made his head pound, so he stopped. And sir, there's one more thing. Just the one? How did I get the stone out of the mirror? Ah, now, I'm glad you asked me that. Mm -hmm. It was one of my more brilliant ideas, and between you and me, that's saying something. Sure it is. You see, only one who wanted to find the stone, find it, but not use it, would be able to get it. Otherwise, they'd just see themselves making gold or drinking elixir of life. My brain surprises even me sometimes. Now, enough questions. I suggest you make a start on these sweets. Ha! Ah, Bertie Potts, every flavored beans. I was unfortunate enough in my youth to come across a vomit-flavored one. Since then, I'm afraid I've rather lost my liking for them. But I think I'll be safe with a nice toffee, don't you? He smiled and popped the golden brown bean into his mouth. Then he choked and said, Alas, earwax. Madame Pomfrey, the nurse, was a nice woman, but very strict. Just five minutes? Harry pleaded. One moment, we seem to be having technical issues. I apologize, guys. My laptop keeps on opening iTunes for some reason, which causes a loud sound to protrude and then starts playing country music. Yeah. Of all the things you could be playing for music in the Harry, during the Harry Potter book, country music is not one of the ones I think is appropriate. My the, the thing I find inappropriate is I'm not the one selecting iTunes, but for some reason it keeps activating. Maybe the one who gave it to you still has iTunes active or still has access to activating it? I don't know. She shouldn't. My mom is not most tech-savvy woman. But I will leave myself on mute so that way while I try and figure this out. So It's your okay. line. Oh, it's my line. Madam Prom yep. I apologize. Absolutely not. You let Professor Dumbledore in? Well, of course. That was the headmaster. Quite different. You need rest. I am resting. Look, lying down and everything. Oh, go on, Madam Pomfrey. Oh, very well. She said. But five minutes only. And she let Ron and Hermione in. Harry! Hermione looked ready to fling her arms around him again. But Harry was glad she held herself in as his head was still very sore. Oh, Harry, we were sure you were going to. Dumbledore was so worried. The whole school's talking about it, said Ron. What really happened? It was one of those rare occasions when the true story is even more strange and exciting than the wild rumors. Harry told them everything. Quarrel, the mirror, the stone and Voldemort. Ron and Hermione were a, very, were a very good audience. They gasped in all the right places, and when Harry told them what was under Quarrel's turban, Hermione screamed out loud. So the stone's gone? 
said Ron finally. Flamel's just gonna die? That's what I said, but Dumbledore thinks that... What was it? To the well-organized mind, death is but the next great adventure. I always thought he was off his rocker, said Ron, looking quite impressed at how crazy his hero was. So what happened to you two? said Harry. Well, I got back all right, said Hermione. I brought Ron around. That took a while, and we were dashing to the Owlry to connect, to contact Dumbledore when you met him in the entrance hall. He already knew. He just said, Harry's gone after him, has he? And hustled off to the third floor. Do you think he meant you to do it? Said Ron. Sending your father's cloak and everything? Well, Hermione exploded. If he did, I mean to say that's terrible. You could have been killed. No, it isn't said Harry thoughtfully. He's a funny man, Dumbledore. I think he sort of wanted to give me a chance. I think he knows more or less that everything that goes on here, you know. I reckon he had a pretty good idea we were going to try, and instead of stopping us, he just taught he taught us just enough to help. I don't think it was an accident. He let me find out how the mirror worked. It's almost like he thought I had the right to face Voldemort if I could. Yeah, Dumbledore's barking all right said Ron proudly. Listen, you've got to be up for the end of year feast tomorrow. The points are all in Slytherin. Uh, the points are all in, and Slytherin won, of course. Uh, you missed the last Quidditch match. We were steamrollered by Ravenclaw without you. But the food will be good. At that moment, Madame Pomfrey bustled over. Uh, where is it? You've had nearly 15 minutes. Now out. She said firmly. After a good night's sleep, Harry felt nearly back to normal. I want to go to the feast, he told Madame Pomfrey as she straightened his many candy boxes. I can, can't I? Professor Dumbledore says you are allowed to go, she said stiffly, as though in her opinion, Professor Dumbledore didn't realize how risky feasts could be. And you have another visitor. Oh, good, said Harry. Who is it? Hagrid sidled through the door as he spoke. As usual, when he was indoors, Hagrid looked too big to be allowed. He sat down next to Harry, took one look at him, and burst into tears. It's all my ruddy fault. He sobbed, his face in his hands. I told that evil git how to get past Fluffy. I told him. It was the only thing that he did. He didn't know, and I told him. He could have died. Oh, for dragon egg. I'll never drink again. Should be chucked out in me to live as a muggle. Hagrid, said Harry, shocked to see Hagrid shaking with grief and remorse, great tears leaking down into his beard. Hagrid, he'd have found out somehow. This is Voldemort we're talking about. And he'd have found out even if I hadn't told him. You could have died, ha sobbed Hagrid. Don't say the name. Voldemort. Harry bellowed, and Hagrid was so shocked he stopped crying. I've met him, and I'm calling him by his name. Please cheer up, Hagrid. We've saved this stone. It's gone. He can't use it. Have a chocolate frog. I've got loads. Hagrid wiped his nose on the back of his hand and said, That reminds me. I got you a present. It's not a stout sandwich, is it? Said Harry anxiously. And at last, Hagrid gave a weak chuckle. Uh, Dumbledore gave me the day off yesterday to fix it. Of course, he should have sacked me instead. 
Anyway, got you this. It seemed to be a handsome, leather-covered book. Harry opened it curiously. It was full of wizard photographs. Smiling and waving at him from every page were his mother and father. Sent off owls to all your parents' old school friends asking for photos. Knew you didn't have any. Do you like it? Harry couldn't speak, but Hagrid understood. Harry made his way down to the end-of-year feast alone that night. He had been held up by Madame Pomfrey's fussing about, insisting on giving him one last checkup. So the great hall was already full. It was decked out in the Slytherin colors of green and silver to celebrate Slytherin's winning the House Cup for the seventh year in a row. A huge banner showing the Slytherin serpent covered the wall behind the high table. When Harry walked in there, when Harry walked in, there was a sudden hush. And then everybody started, and then everybody started talking loudly at once. He slipped into a seat between Ron and Hermione at the Gryffindor table and tried to ignore the fact that people were standing up to talk at, to look at him. Fortunately, Dumbledore arrived moments later. The babble died away. Another year gone, Dumbledore said cheerfully. And I must trouble you with an old man's wheezing's waffle before we sink, in, sink our teeth into our delicious feast. What a year it has been. Hopefully your heads are a little fuller than they were. You have the whole summer ahead to get them nice and empty before next year starts. Now, as I understand it, the house cup here needs awarding, and the points stand thus. For in fourth place, Gryffindor, with 312 points. In third, Hufflepuff, with 352 points. Ravenclaw have 426, and Slytherin 472. A storm of cheering and stamping broke out from the Slytherin table. Harry could see Draco Malfoy banging his goblet on the table. It was a sickening sight. Yes, yes, well done, Slytherin, said Dumbledore. However, recent events must be taken into account. The room went very still. The Slytherin's smiles faded a little, Ahem. said Dumbledore. I have a few last-minute points to dish out. Let me see. Yes. First, to Mr. Ronald Weasley. Ron went purple in the face. He looked like a radish with a bad sunburn. For the best-played game of chess Hogwarts has seen in many years, I award Gryffindor House 50 points. Gryffindor cheers nearly raised the bewitched ceiling. The stars overhead seemed to quiver. Percy could be heard telling the other prefects. My brother, you know. My youngest brother. Got past McGonagall's giant chess set. At last, there was silence again. Second. To Miss Hermione Granger. For the cool use of logic in the face of fire, I award Gryffindor. I award Gryffindor House 50 points. Hermione buried her face in her arms. Harry strongly suspected she had burst into tears. Gryffindors up and down the table were beside themselves. They were a hundred points up. Third, to Mr. Harry Potter, said Dumbledore. The room went deadly silent 
for pure nerve and outstanding courage. Oh, sorry. For pure nerve and outstanding courage, I award Gryffindor House 60 points. The din... Is that supposed to be the din? The din. Okay. The din was deafening. Those who could add up while yelling themselves hoarse knew that Gryffindor now had 472 points, exactly the same as Slytherin. They had tied for the House Cup. If only Dumbledore had given Harry just one more point. Dumbledore raised his hand. The room gradually fell silent. There are all kinds of courage, said Dumbledore, smiling. It takes a great deal of bravery to stand up to one's enemies, but just as much to stand up to our friends. So, I therefore award ten points to Mr. Neville Longbottom. Someone standing outside the Great Hall might well have thought some sort of explosion had taken place. So loud was the noise that erupted from the Gryffindor table. Harry, Ron, and Hermione stood up to yell and cheer as Neville, white with shock, disappeared under a pile of people hugging him. He had never won so much as a point for Gryffindor before. Harry, still cheering, nudged Ron in the ribs and pointed at Malfoy, who, could have looked, who couldn't have looked more stunned and horrified if he'd just had the body-bind curse put on him. Which means... Dumbledore called over the storm of applause. For, e for even Ravenclaw and Hufflepuff were celebrating the downfall of Slytherin. We need a little change of decoration. He clapped his hands. In an instant, the green hangings became scarlet and the silver became gold. The huge Slytherin serpent vanished and a towering Gryffindor lion took its place. Snape was shaking Professor McGonagall's hand with a horrible, forced smile. He caught Harry's eye, and Harry knew at once that Snape's feelings toward him hadn't changed one jot. This didn't worry Harry. It seemed as though life would be back to normal next year, or as normal as it ever was at Hogwarts. It was the best evening in Harry's life, better than winning at Quidditch, or Christmas, or knocking out or knocking out mountain trolls. He would never, ever forget tonight. Harry had... What? That was a horn outside my apartment because we have construction going on in the downtown of my city, so they, they, they generally don't give a fuck about the noise they're creating. Fair enough. Okay. Harry had almost forgotten that the exam results were still to come, but come they did. To their great surprise, both he and Ron passed with good marks. Hermione, of course, had the best grades of the first years. Even Neville scraped through. His good herbology mark, mark making up for his abysmal potions one. They had hoped that Goyle, who was almost as stupid as he was mean, might be thrown out, but... He had passed, too. It was a shame. But as Ron said, you couldn't have everything in life. And suddenly, their wardrobes were empty. Their trunks were packed. Neville's toad was found lurking in a corner of the toilets. Notes were handed out to all students 
warning them not to use magic over the holidays. I always hope they'll forget to give us these, said Fred Weasley sadly. Hagrid was there to take them down to the fleet of boats that sailed across the lake. They were boarding the Hogwarts Express, talking and laughing as the countryside became greener and tidier, eating Betty Bott's every flavor beans as they sped past muggle towns, pulling off their wizard robes and putting on jackets and coats, pulling into platform nine and three quarters at King's Cross Station. It took quite a while for them all to get off the platform. A wizened old guard was set up by the ticket barrier, letting them go through the gate in twos and threes, and they didn't and mm, so they didn't attract attention by all bursting out of a solid wall at once and alarming the muggles. You must come and stay this summer, said Ron. Both of you, I'll send you an owl. Thanks said Harry. I'll need something to look forward to. People jostled them as they moved forward toward the gateway back to the Muggle world. Some of them called. Hi, Harry. See you, Potter. Still famous, said Ron, grinning at him. Not where I'm going, I promise you, said Harry. He, Ron, and Hermione passed through the gateway together. There he is! Mom, there he is! Look! It was Ginny Weasley, Ron's younger sister. But she wasn't pointing at Ron. Harry Potter! She squealed. Look, Mom, I can see him! Be quiet, Ginny, and it's rude to point. Mrs. Weasley smiled down at them. Busy year? Very. She said. Very. (laughs) Said Harry. Thanks for the fudge and the jumper, Mrs. Weasley. Oh, it was nothing, dear. Ready, are you? It was Uncle Vernon, still purple-faced, still mustached, still looking furious at the nerve of Harry carrying an owl in a cage in a station full of ordinary people. Behind him stood Aunt Petunia and Dudley, looking terrified at the very sight of Harry. You must be Harry's family, said Mrs. Weasley. In a matter of speaking said Uncle Vernon. Hurry up, boy. We haven't got all day. He walked away. Harry hung back for a last word with Ron and Hermione. See you over the summer, then. Hope you have er, a good holiday, said Hermione, looking uncertainly after Uncle Vernon, shocked that anyone could be so unpleasant. Oh, I will, said Harry and they were surprised at the grin that was spreading over his face. They don't know we're not allowed to use magic at home, and I'm going to have a lot of fun with Dudley this summer. And thus ends Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's slash Philosopher's Stone. So let's talk about that last chapter. Wrong! Okay, Dumbledore fucking lied to Harry. He said he ran into the fucking owl that Hermione sent on the way to London. Like, when he got to London, he ran into Hermione's owl. When Hermione and Ron were talking to Harry... Yeah, when Hermione and Ron were talking to Harry, they said that when they got out of the trap door and into the hallway, 
Dumbledore was already freaking there. No. Dumbledore said, yeah. I must have crossed, we must have crossed paths in the air. When I got to the ministry, mm -hmm. it was clear the place that I should have been was at Hogwarts, so I left. And then Hermione okay. came back and said, we actually met in the Great Hall. Or we actually met okay. in, the, in the main entrance. Okay. Counterpoint. Hedwig could sense that her boy was in danger and went to go tell the most powerful wizard she knew of. I like this. So, um, it is widely assumed that Voldemort got his nose slits because of Nagini's blood. It was more of a snake attribute. Mm -hmm. But he had them in the book, in book one here. Yep. Which means it's just a trait of his. Probably. Probably from Especially dividing since he... Probably because of his Horcruxes. That, and then there's the whole thing of him being a descendant of Salazar Slytherin. Yep. Yeah, but there's no proof that Salazar Slytherin had snake traits. Northern Whisper asks, without Harry, would the stone have stayed in the mirror? I believe that was the intention, yes, that Voldemort would mm -hmm. not have, Voldemort and Quirrell would not have been able to get it out had they just been mm -hmm. in that room together. Yep. I think so long as someone, because in, I think it's, I'm sorry, my, my, uh, in, my, something was going on my laptop, so I had to keep taking off my headphones, otherwise I would have kept mm -hmm. yelling. Um, I think it's implied that so long as some, it's say in the movie anyway, that so long as someone wanted the stone, but not for personal gain. Yes. Mm-hmm. They would get it. In the book. Yeah. So with that line of thinking, Harry, maybe Hermione, I don't know about Ron, because although Ron's first priority would have been to get away, get, get the stone away, I think mm -hmm. he would have had that little inkling like, I could be greater than my brothers. Yeah, so yeah. we did set up in the book that one of Ron's thoughts about the stone was using it. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, and it did say in the book, only somebody who wanted to find it, find it, but not use it, would get the stone. Yep. Mm -hmm. And Harry had no intention of using the stone. He was, he, the first, the, the thing that was foremost on his mind was making sure that the stone remained safe because he didn't want Voldemort coming back and finishing what he started. Yep. Mm he, -hmm. he, I would like to think that maybe somewhere in Harry's mind, he didn't want anyone else to go through what he went through. Yep. Ferret says, none of the questions when Harry woke up were actually about Ron or Hermione. Yeah. I, okay. Counterpoint. I think that Harry knew deep, deep, deep down that if Dumbledore was there, that he, he that Dumbledore probably saved Ron and Hermione. Mm -hmm. Because in his mind, he was the one facing... Voldemort, so mm -hmm. that he wasn't anywhere near Ron and Hermione. It is concerning that he didn't ask, like, hey, is Ron awake? But I think he was thinking hewer, he hero thing, like, oh my god, he's here. Listen, D Voldemort's here. Mm -hmm. He has the stone, probably just shifting off, like, the most important information that needs to mm -hmm. be yeah. unloaded, which unfortunately, uh, friendship takes a backseat when there is a magical terrorist. Yep. And Northern Whisper says, for the snake features, maybe Tom was into body mods. It's also a possibility. You never I mean, know. We, yeah. No shame here. Or, were, were body mods big in the 90s? Mm, depends on what mm -hmm. communities you ran with. It wasn't seen as acceptable by society, which means if you had body mods, you were most likely not to get a job, at least in the muggle world. Mm -hmm. But um, in like the alternative and punk, uh, in the alternative and punk communities, yeah, they they were a thing. All right. So I have some notes. Uh what do you think of the Harry? Also, what do you think of the oh, theory sorry, Dumbledore ahead. put the stone in the mirror with the Deluminator? 
I don't know. We never actually see the Deluminator come out of the mirror, so I, also we don't really have a reason for putting the Deluminator in the mirror. Mm-hmm. So. Why Dumbledore don't do anything about Quirrell? You mean to say that Snape says, hey, look, this dude, I don't trust him. He's not acting like Quirrell used to. We should do something about him. You don't do shit. Bitch, he's trying to steal your shit. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Again, Next point. Dumbledore is wanting his fucking last hoorah. <laughs> yeah, probably. Next point. Uh, Quirrell, by extension Voldemort, did wandless, nonverbal magic with a snap of his fingers. Mm-hmm. Yep. And That's terrifying. Yep. Mm-hmm. Which means Quirrell is fairly powerful. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't think so with how he acts. Also, a thing they didn't have in the movie, which very disappointing. Uh, if Snape wasn't so prideful, I bet James and Snape could have been at least cordial with one another and maybe would have been friends with Lily again. Just circling mm-hmm. back around to Quirrell for a second. Just because somebody's a coward doesn't mean they're, mm-hmm. they can't be powerful. Mm-hmm. True. Hmm. I was referring more to the fact that he never gave us any indication that he was powerful, because in the book we've never seen him actually do magic, Fair. and we were only told about the magic Fair. that he is able to do with the uh, curse he put on the wa- on the broomstick. Fair. Mm-hmm. But oh, by that the... extension, we haven't seen any powerful magic besides for Dumb- for Voldemort. Uh, during the break, Northern Whisper uh, commented, odd fanfic idea that may or may not have been done, what if Snape raised Harry? And I had responded during the break that I believe there might be some fanfics out there. Um, if I remember correctly, there might have been one being that Snape, instead of holding on to his hate for James, held on to his love for Lily as he took care of Harry. Yeah. I don't know if that um, exists or... Uh, I can guarantee you that that's a very common tag yeah. of Snape raising Harry. I've actually read a few decent ones, mm-hmm. especially ones where like Harry's like a toddler or something when he mm-hmm. brings him to Hogwarts, yep. and mm-hmm. um, he still holds on to that resentment, and he has to learn to let go of the resentment because this small child who has been abused for like the first four or so years of his life mm-hmm. needs protection, and it turns out pretty good, mm-hmm. pretty good. I can't remember the name of the fake for the life of me, though. Crittershy, hello. Hi, Crittershy. Uh, Crittershy says, I mean, he did know the post was cursed. Probably figured it would take care of itself, lol. And then as for the fanfics, uh, the, the topic of fanfics, there's tons of those. Some are rather good. Why am I not surprised that you've been reading those? <clears throat> <laughs> Uh, next point I have. I hope Fred and George still sent a toilet seat to Ginny. I'm sorry. You mean to Harry? I, I, I'm sorry. To, who? Well, no, 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 no. To Ginny, because yeah, they promised her. Yeah. I'm sorry. Who? Don't you know they're called Greg and Forge? True, true. My apologies. I hope Greg and Forge still sent a <laughs> toilet seat to Ginny as they promised in the beginning of the year, since they obviously tried to give one to Harry. Yep. Yep. Um. Next. Next point bullshit on leaving the invisibility cloak with him because we know uh that's not true Mm -hmm. Uh, death is the next great adventure that is actually something that you see through a lot of things uh, through a lot Mm -hmm. of stories for instance they don't say it quite the same but if you've ever watched the movie Hook 
at mm-hmm. the end there is a line oh no to live to live will be an awfully big adventure mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so not quite the same energy but along the same lines uh-huh. uh northern uh, whisper says shame they cut the weasleys and dursleys meeting uh from the movies yes yes mm-hmm. absolutely i would have loved to have seen the look on mrs weasley's face upon meeting the dursleys mm-hmm. um, hook yes the hook, next point I have... hook is a good movie i it's one of my favorites yeah so the next point i have was when uh hermione was being very like um bitter mm-hmm. towards uh harry about the whole like harry you could have died and he's like oh no trying to defend dumbledore no hermione's right you could mm-hmm. have fucking died you're 11 years old you shouldn't have to be dealing with this your mm-hmm. biggest worry should be passing your exam and maybe maybe girls or boys if you're into that or if you've hit mm-hmm. that stage in life but i don't think you have because you don't really show an interest in girls until like book four mm-hmm. and then harry's like uh I just took on like one of our one of the world's greatest dark wizards. No biggie. Yep. Mm-hmm. Nobody said oh, nobody said Gryffindors were smart. I mean, <clears throat> what? <clears throat> okay. There's, so, there's a reason um, Harry got into Gryffindor instead of fucking Ravenclaw, and it's because he didn't uh-huh. pick the letter up off the goddamn floor. He tried to snatch it out of the air. I swear to God. Mm-hmm. Um, another point was um, Dumbledore may have a crush on Madame Pomfrey. But Madame Pomfrey is having none of his shit. Madame, well, I mean, in one of the books, it it is mentioned that he hasn't blushed that much since Madame Pomfrey gave him new earmuffs. That was at the beginning of this book. Yeah. Uh, Crittershy says, I would have loved to see the tun the tongue toffee prank on Dudley. <laughs> I think that's in book two, isn't it? Try wagging that tongue again. Northern Whisper um, says, I said it last week and I'll say it again. Dumbledore and the visit from OSHA. <laughs> uh, Hagrid's Arts and cl- arts and Crafts Club. I want it. Because mm-hmm. he keeps making gifts. His, his, his love language is gift giving and acts mm-hmm, of service. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, agreed. The fact that they were able to get letters to all of um, the graduating class that james and lily were in to get pictures of all of them mm-hmm. that's something sweet well you figure i would have hagrid's we, we've established that hagrid is as old as voldemort which we actually find out in book two and we don't know when we're going to be getting to book two so we're sorry um but we do find out in book two that hagrid mm-hmm. is as old as voldemort which means considering dumbledore hired him as groundskeeper doesn't say when but we can assume that it was not long after dumbledore probably took headmaster post that Hagrid was probably groundskeeper when James and Lily were in school, so he would know mm-hmm. all of their classmates. He probably has records somewhere of who they are. So a thought just came to mind about Hagrid just now because of his um, genetic lineage being half giant. Is there any Harry Potter lore um, for the wizarding world as to how long giants can actually live for and whether or not there is any information about half giants i am not sure give me one sec let us find out also speaking of um haggard being a half giant if he was written up as a dungeons and dragons character i believe he would be classified as goliath well yeah because they're uh half Mm -hmm. they're half they're literally described as half giants 
Yeah. The only downside is, though, you wouldn't get that majestic beard. No. Because they're a hairless race. Yep, except for Grog. 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 Well, that's because he has that very, very nice, uh, uh, what's it called? Belt of Dwarven Kind. Yep. Uh, let me see here. Apparently, they're considered endangered. Goliaths or? Uh, giants. Yeah. According to the wiki, they are considered an endangered race. Mm-hmm. Ferret well, says yeah, it's all about the beard, and Northern Whisper says Hogwarts RPG. Anyone? I mean, there is a Hogwarts RPG there have been, in existence. Yeah, there have been. There's a mod. There's a module to run a 5e campaign I, based on it. Mm -hmm. uh, I actually have that. Yeah, we have that in one of our other Discord servers. <sighs> I'd like to be. I'd like to be part of one. I'm in too many tabletop role-playing games right now, but I would love to do some sort of like Hogwarts-based RPG on stream with a bunch of just fucking Harry Potter nerds. Um, oh my god! Just just get a few of the Harry Potter, the Hogwarts professors. That's actually together. what I was thinking. Um, <laughs> hold on a sec. My Discord keeps freezing. Why does my Discord keep freezing? But would I? Here's the thing, though. If I was a part of that, even if it was just like for a one shot, would I be Thornwick or would I be Shellwick? We would all be the... playing. Oh, that's that would be up to yeah. you. But we'd all be playing as our Harry Potter characters, which means I would actually be playing Nova, which means shenanigans abound. And I would be Moonchild, who. Oh, that's a lot of makeup to do because she is a uh, she is a uh, um, dragonkin. <laughs> Uh, so on the note of pictures, uh, I the pictures are nice, but wouldn't it have been nice if they also sent like little blurbs about what was happening in the pictures or little stories about what happened too? Because we only ever really hear about how he's so much like his dad. We mm -hmm. don't hear, oh yeah, you have your mom's eyes and you, I can see you have like some bits of her personality. She was a little mm -hmm. firecracker back in school. I remember mm -hmm. this one time she totally went off on this one dude for using the bad word. It was awesome. Mm -hmm. Like, I want it. Lily stories. We don't hear Lily stories. Right? We hear so much about dad and not enough about mom. Also, Feritsune said, seriously though, can you even imagine a clean-shaven Hagrid? I bet he has a baby face. Probably. I mean, <laughs> the the beards are basically men's makeup. <laughs> the makeup for men. Mm -hmm. It's their man face. Yeah. Um, also... Another point. Why is Hufflepuff in last place? I know someone has to be in last place, but they're already shitting so much on Hufflepuff. You mean to tell me that Ravenclaw couldn't have been in last place? But no, it had to be Gryffindor, then Hufflepuff, then Ravenclaw, then Slytherin. Mm -hmm. uh, Northern Whisper says on, on the topic of the one-shot beast students. Oh, God. As far as I know, we do not have any actual lore as to how long, as to how long giants live. I cannot find anything. Huh. Well, if we go based on physical appearances, at the very least, Hagrid isn't described to have, like, graying hairs or anything. He's described mm -hmm. as having this really dark shade yep. Of, yep. in his beard. And he doesn't seem like the kind of person that dyes his hair. So if we go mm -hmm. based on that, in what we know about wizards, that the wizarding world does age, mm -hmm. then I think that Hagrid is probably still considered maybe, like... In human years, possibly, maybe, like, in his, like, mid-30s. Yeah, somewhere in between, like, his early to mid-30s is what he would probably look Northern like. Northern Whisper has just put a link in the chat with the t with the caption, Shaved Hagrid. Shaved Hagrid. Yeah, Shaved Hagrid. 
Um, oh, no. So I, I put in a search for like Pottermore giant longevity or, you know, how long do giants live <laughs> in Harry Potter? And it's giving me um, longevity of giants in Pokemon AU. Hmm. Also, uh, the image of Shaved Hagrid, which is just an image of the actor, mm -hmm. um, he actually looks like a much older version of uh, my boyfriend's brother. Hmm. <laughs> oh, so I had a question, actually, <laughs> yep. as we continue this on, because we only have about 22 minutes before I have to run out the door. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, can you actually fail first year so long as you try your hardest? Or is it similar to, like... If you if you don't do well enough, you're held back a year. Uh, or is it like Jim, where so long as you are trying, you can continue? I said, didn't Hagrid go to school with Riddle? That'd make him around seventy years old by the time Harry went to school. And yes, we actually did. We actually did mention that uh, as well. So yeah, and then next thing to look up then would be to what the uh, parameters of graduating level are in Hogwarts. If it has, if there is information of that out there, we are not. I know that it's acceptable. We mm -hmm. are not the only people to ask how long giants live for so bear with me i am still looking okay i will then just go ahead and look up info about that's D D. that's for game of thrones that's just a blank faq love it yeah i don't think we have any actual info it's gonna bug me now does won't actually affect my life in any way has absolutely no bearing on anything to do with my life it's just gonna fucking bug me Yep. Uh, uh, so I just said about the failing. Um, I'm guessing your owls and Dumbledore's newts. bias was obviously showing in this. I guess passing your owls and newts is all that required. All that's required. Yeah, I, I, I get the feeling they don't actually toss anybody out. Um, it's more you do the best that you can, or you do the work that you can do. You're responsible for your grades, and your grades mm -hmm. determine how well you're going to pass your owls and your newts. And the grades you get with your owls and your newts determine what jobs you can get later on. Oh, sorry, what classes you can take in the... Sorry, your owls determine what classes you can take later on, as we find out in, I think it's book six. And then your newts, at the end of seventh year, determine what kind of jobs you can take in the wizarding world, which means if you don't do well, you're not going to get a decent job. You're going to be like dregs of society. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um... Also disappointed in per Percy because now he says how proud he is, or he doesn't even say how proud he is. He just brags about Ron winning fifty points. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, I'm still proud of you, Neville, for winning ten points. Kind of sad that you mean to tell me that even in Herbology you didn't get any points for Gryffindor. Jesus. Well, we also know that Neville like, comes back later to be the the uh, herbology the herbology teacher. Yeah. teacher so. Um, yeah. Ginny, your fangirl is showing. Yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> It's it's the cute childhood version though. Oh, wait till we get wait I know till we get the, the book cute. too, and she just like clams up whenever Harry's around. Yeah, I know it's the cute version, but also acknowledge the fact that we didn't see this at all, and it would have made a lot more sense in the movies. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah we have nothing um, as far as uh, lore on Giant Age, which is why, which is why, G book Ginny is superior to movie Ginny. Mm -hmm. And my mm -hmm. last point. Harry, your Slytherin is showing when you say you don't have to tell the Dursleys about how you don't can't use magic in school. I mean, yep. to be fair, though, I'm not going to fault him for that. Mm -mm. After all he's been through with the Dursleys? Yeah, uh, after 11 years of having to put up with their shit, 
let him have mm-hmm. some fun. Yes, all of it. Just as long as he knows how not to get in trouble. Which is, we have a whole issue in book two because what is it? Book, uh, book five in the Dementors attack. He mm-hmm. is, uh, brought before the Ministry, and they say they have ways of telling whether or not underage wizards are doing magic. But in book two, it's Dobby that gets him in trouble. Yeah. And according to Harry's, according to the Harry Potter world's own rules, they should know that it wasn't him. In mm-hmm. book two, it's just magic was performed at this residence. Mm-hmm. But in book, I think. I think it's just harder for, like, people who live in muggle society, because look at it this way. How would they know that they would assume that Harry wouldn't have a house elf? So if there's magic detected in the, within the parameters of the home, they would assume it's him because he has no access to, like, house elves. Okay, so yep. then how do, they moni- how do they monitor wizarding families then? Because if you're looking at the Weasleys in the borough, you've got minors, but the parents are performing magic. How do they know it's not the minors doing that? Also, okay. in book four, there are ways of determining if magic was performed, like if a certain spell was performed by a certain wand. They literally explain that in the fourth book, uh, towards um, the beginning of fourth book, mm-hmm. where there was a spell cast on um, a wand and to determine what was the last spell used. So I have actually read a few fan fictions and fan theories about that and that it's based on residency and that a lot of pureblood families get away with underage students using magic because of the fact that it's harder to prove unless Mm. they want to go and do an inquiry and check everyone's wands to see who had done the magic and it's and the rule was based more so for muggle-born families so that way the statue of secrecy wouldn't be as likely to be exposed Mm. And yeah. so, therefore, if the because in their minds they believe pureblood families know how to hide it better, but Muggleborn families wouldn't be able to hide it as well, mm-hmm. which is why they're only able to use magic when they're seventeen. Because by then, you should know well enough how to hide it. Fair. Also, this, that rule might have been created during a time where, like pureblood families, a lot of times were of a higher social and even financial status. So a lot of pureblood families oftentimes found areas and places to live in that were far enough away from muggle society uh, that it was a lot safer and a lot easier to keep the stature of secrecy. Whereas muggle-borns or uh, families who were of a uh, lower social class or a lower financial status who had to live close to muggle towns and muggle in places of muggle society it was probably a lot harder so there's this whole aspect of classism at the time too Fair. so i want to kind of bring this uh, i kind of want to shoehorn this into closing statements so kind of give a sum up of your impression of the book or your final thoughts of the book but i also want to do kind of a rating mm-hmm. rating system what do we think wands stars books no i, mean, I for- would give this book since bearing in mind like that it is an old book and it was the first stepping stone i would give it i want to say 3.75 stars out of five out of five okay 
out of five. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, roughly the same. Basically, mainly like what Lady Punnett said, it is an older book. Mm-hmm. It has not a, like, there are a lot of aspects of the book that have definitely mm-hmm. not aged as well as other uh, stories and other novels and other series have done. Mm-hmm. Um for the time that it was written, it would have definitely gotten a lot higher in the rating. That being said, I would agree with Lady Punnett here on that rating, especially for the fact as to how it has aged over the years. So this book for me holds a special place only because it is the first book in the series. It's, you know, it mm-hmm. kicks off probably one of my favorite book series of all time, despite mm-hmm. the issues that it's gotten. You're right. You guys are absolutely right. It did not age well. Mm-hmm. But this book is by far not my best, or not my favorite book in the series. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to be extremely critical here, and I'm giving it mm-hmm. a two and a half. Okay. And that's totally fair. Is totally fair. But with that, we should probably bring this episode to a close. But before we do, there are some housekeeping things. We will not be moving on to Harry Potter and the uh, Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, which is book two. Uh, next time we do books, uh, we will be doing the Bartimaeus series, book one. The first one is called. The first book of the Bartimaeus series is called The Amulet of Samarkand, and the book is written by Jonathan Stroud. If you would like to grab a copy of it, uh, so you can follow along with us, you are more than welcome. If you are tuning, um, actually, you know what? That's pretty much it for the podcast. With the Twitch stream, stick around with us for for a moment here. Um, we're gonna do our closing out, and uh, then we have something. We have a thing to discuss with you guys as well. So, if you would like to follow us um, on any of our socials, you can find Lady Punnett on TikTok at Paulina.Avalon. If you'd like to follow me, you can find me at. Uh, on Linktree at linktr.ee slash blazewing2010. The Reading Dragon is on Linktree at linktr.ee slash thereadingdragon. If you would like to take a look at our podcast feed and or potentially leave us voice messages for a possible listener or viewer episode, you are welcome to do so at anchor.fm slash idiot-book-nook. And you can find our website for all the other bits and goodies at uh, idiotbooknook.wordpress.com. We would very much like to do a fan-provided Q&A video if you guys do not mind sending us stuff through the anchor.fm link. Yes. That would be awesome. Absolutely, 100%. Mm-hmm. So, for this last chapter of Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's slash Philosopher's Stone, um, I'm Blazewing. I am the Reading Dragon. I'm Lady Punnett. And we will see you with our next episode and the first chapter of the Bartimaeus series.